Hello, all you kings, queens, and those in between, and welcome to the very first meeting of Parashas Book Club, where I get to puke up all my thoughts about whatever book I managed to clear out of my backlog. For the first installment, I will be talking about Frank Herbert's Dune. No year baiting clicks. It's hard to overstate just how vast Dune's influence is, but there is a pull quote that I think sums it up best. It did for sci-fi what Lord of the Rings did for fantasy. And that quote didn't just come from any random book critic at the New York Times. It came from Arthur C. Clarke, the man who penned 2001 A Space Odyssey. And he was spot on. The phrase, fear is the mind killer, has wormed its way into the modern lexicon. Everything you've seen that uses a worm monster from Beetlejuice to Spongebob has referenced it. And I'd even go so far as to say that without Dune's desert planet of Arrakis, we would never have Tatooine. And without the Mentats, there are no Vulcans. Hell. It even won the first ever Nebula Award for Best Novel. I bring all this up because Dune didn't earn that reputation overnight. It was rejected by multiple publishers because it was deemed too complicated, more on that later, and too long, at 200,000 words in an age where the average book was only 8,000. It finally found a publisher in Chilton Books, who were famous for publishing DIY car repair manuals, and it didn't even reach bestseller status until 1970, five years after its initial publication, where it was heralded as an environmentalist handbook. And the rest is history. Fast forward today, and now with a new film adaptation, which I highly recommend you check out, discussions of the book have now picked back up, and the first question that pops into my head is the same one that comes up whenever a highly influential work is mentioned. Does it hold up? Well, yeah. In a way. Going back to what I said about how publishers turned it down for being too complicated, the first chapter is rough on a first read-through. In the first ten pages, the book throws terminology like House Atreides, Arrakis, Casa Caledon, Maudib, Bene Gesserit, Harkonnens, Gomjabar, and Kwisatz Haderach give a dog a bone with barely any explanation. All that terminology is enough to drive anyone away. Hell, my first read-through, I wondered if I really wanted to endure 590 more pages of this. What made me continue was the fact that I paid $40 for the deluxe edition with the breathtaking artwork on the jacket on the inside of the covers and pages with blue edges. And I'm glad I did. Because once you get acclimated, you realize that you've seen all of these archetypes in this story before. They just have different names. The story here is a typical Chosen One narrative where the young Paul Atreides must form an alliance with the Freemen so that they can live freely on their own planet without worrying about colonizers pillaging their planet for a drug called the Spice. The crux of the plot revolves around royal families kissing ass to corporations too, which goes to show how the world has had the same problem since 1965. Once this clicks, it's a breezy read as you follow Paul, Jessica, and later Chani in their noble jihad... I mean cruci... Uh, endeavor. <sighs> yeah, as much as I love this book, it does suffer from white guy using foreign words that sound cool syndrome, one of which is jihad. It's not a term you just throw around willy-nilly, especially these days. And if someone doesn't want to go anywhere near the book because of that, I really can't fault them. For me, the book taking the effort to show that Jessica is taking every effort to make sure Paul doesn't go full fascist was enough to me to move past it. And I wonder how well that turned out. But... Yeah. Ultimately, Dune lives up to its reputation, and I recommend that you check it out. Do not fear its complex terminology, massive length, and signs of age. For fear is the mind killer. And once the fear is gone, 
only a masterpiece remains.